The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you could tune in and join me for today's show. I'm Diane Ray. This is Be Present. So thanks for checking in and just being present with me for a few minutes. I hope everybody had an amazing Thanksgiving holiday and you're just kind of sitting back and and recovering today. So, or recovering this week. (laughs) We've had a couple of days to recover. I'm still trying to recover, you know, and get myself together here. So I'm glad you could join me today because if you're like me and you're one of those people that loves angels, tarot cards, pendulums, things that are magical, you're going to want to stick around for today's show. My guest is internationally known spiritual teacher and author Radley Valentine, and he's a regular speaker at the Angel World Summit in London and Engel Congress in Germany and Austria. He's an old friend from my Hay House radio days where you might have seen uh, or heard his popular radio show there. It's still going on on Hay House radio called Magical Things with Radley Valentine. And he also has a weekly video show, Ask Rad, that's streams on Facebook and Instagram. So you can catch him everywhere. And you can also find him online at RadleyValentine.com. Radley has been working with divination tools like tarot and oracle cards for more than 20 years. And his new book, which is so fun, I just finished it last night. It's called Compendium of Magical Things. And this is a great overview of all of the tools available to us to make a better connection with the divine. So we're going to be talking about some magical things today. And welcome, Radley. I'm so glad you could join me for the show. Hey, how are you? I'm really good. It's so good to hear your voice. (laughs) (laughs) We had some connection issues uh, a little bit at the beginning of the show. You know, the, the wonders and joys of doing a live radio show. But we're here, we're connected, and we're ready to chat about some fun things. And, you know, if you'd like to join the conversation, we love that. So my number is 816-251-3555 if you'd like to jump in and talk to some magical things here. So, Radley, you believe that it's okay for us to have magic in our lives, right? You're trying to bring that magic back. So I really <laughs> want to I really want to thank you for that, first of all. <laughs> Well, thank you. I I don't think I don't just think it's okay. I think it's necessary if you're going to have a joyful and magical life. Um, I definitely believe that there's a spark of the divine in every single one of us, and that's the magic. And uh, it is by accessing that magic that is within us that we have the opportunity to manifest the things in our lives that we truly want, get clarity on even what those things might be, and then bring them to life in a way that brings us happiness and joy. I think it's important to have magic in our lives, too. And that's something that I think is lacking in a lot of people is to even just have that leave it open to have that ability to have magic come into your life. You know, just be, be curious, be open to whatever you, you don't understand and and can't explain because uh, there's a lot of, of magic out there that we need to bring into our lives. So I wanted to talk about your book because this is so fun and it's a great guide to exploring different divination tools to help us get clarity 
and assistance from source. And there's, I don't know if you'd say controversy, but maybe misconceptions about using these kinds of tools and how they can help us get closer to source energy. So maybe if you could tell me a little bit about your history with working with these and how it's helped you to get closer to spirit. Oh, sure. I mean, I really started to get interested in various different ways of communicating with the divine in my mid twenties. Um, uh, I was being, I was raised in the Southern United States and, um, uh, typical religion was not working out very well for me. And so I had always been interested in angels. I had many, um, intuitive and divine, uh, divinely psychic, if you will, experiences in my life from the age of five on. And I really wanted to work with angels. And and so I back then there wasn't a whole lot uh, to do in Knoxville, Tennessee that way. And sadly, there still isn't. Um, but um, I there was the Internet and there was a here's a blast from the past. There was an America online, an AOL a chat room called Angels Speak, and it was mostly filled with people from California. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> and, and um, but I I got a teacher in there. She also was interested in tarot, so I became interested in tarot, and that's that's where the whole path began for me. And you know, I I look at all of these different paths as as just ways of communicating with the divine. Um, I know that some of them have you know terms around them that make people nervous and that they've been raised to consider them to be uh, scary or spooky or whatever. But all of these methodologies, whether it's angels or fairies or tarot cards or runes or pendulums or the I Ching, whatever, all of this has always, always, always just been people wanting to communicate with the divine, people wanting to get access to that divinity that lives within themselves in a way that is meaningful, that brings meaning to life and creates ways to get answers to that which may seem unanswerable, um, to get guidance you know, I, I look at these different tools more as about being guidance of where you're headed so that you can make the decision to go mm, not so crazy about that destination and use the free will that we've all been given by source and therefore change the direction that we're going so that we get somewhere that makes us happy. Well, I like that in the beginning of the book, you say that there are many different paths, you know, many different spiritual paths, and that these tools, you know, some might resonate with you, others might not. And these are just ways to kind of help you connect. And it just so rang true to me. I just was recently at this big event in Toronto called the Parliament of World Religions. And it was an amazing experience. There were over 200 faith traditions. It was like, pick a religion, you know, anyone. (laughs) It's like, here's a million, you know. So I spoke to people that were Hindus and Buddhists, and I had my Akashic records read, and there were goddesses and pagans. And it was just so... uh, you know, unbelievable to be around all these different traditions. And and what was so interesting to me at the end of this week was the commonality, right? There's There was just a thread. Everybody was connecting to that one source, and they were all saying kind of the same thing 
in different ways. And that's kind of what you're saying in this book too, that there's different ways that you can, that you can communicate and you go into the explanations of, of each different, uh, you know, school of thought or, or ways that people can use these tools. And so I, I, I really liked how you said, let's not just put God and spirituality in a box because it's big, big, big. And that's what, that's what gets us into trouble. <laughs> exactly. And yes. What always gets us into trouble. I was just on my good friend Dougal Fraser's radio show yesterday. We wound up talking about this exact same topic about this whole concept that whenever any, what gets this planet in more trouble than anything else is when someone says my way is the only way. And, and then you get people getting bumping up against each other about saying, no, this is the only way to, to source, or this is the only way to communicate to the universe. And those are never true. I mean, it can never be true. Last time I checked, there were seven and a half billion people on planet Earth. One way is not going to work for seven and a half billion people. It never has and it never will. And and so as people read compendiums, should they choose to do that, what I like them to do is to keep an open mind about all of these different things. Some of these are going to energetically resonate with you, and some of them are not going to energetically resonate with you. Astrology, numerology, these are amazing, powerful, magical, incredible languages of the divine, but they're very, uh, I'm going to use the word scientific, and some people don't want, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for the more etheric or more um, uh, experiential feelings that come from angels or fairies, or, or they're looking for the more um, the, the languages of the divine that resonate with the subconscious more, like the I Ching or runes. Um, these are things that really resonate with the subconscious, they, or they want something that's tactile, like cards. Everybody's different. Uh, I encourage people to read Compendium and to read it in the order it was written because you, know, you can hopscotch around, but you, there's terms that you learn as you go along, so it's better to read it in order. But it's it's basically just um, sorry about that. Tell them you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> It's basically just the the opportunity for people to uh, get to try all these things. It's like a box of chocolates when it comes to spirituality. Right. And no one way is any better than the other. Like you're saying, it's oh, what, what works best, what works best for you. And I, and I love that. And that message really comes through loud and clear in the book. And so I do encourage people to pick it up because it is a fun read. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. And I don't know if it was mostly, I, I thought it was so great because I've, I know you and I've interacted with you before and just your personality really comes through in the book. And it's just very, very loving and gentle, um, explanations of things. And, you know, and you always make it not scary and accessible to people. So I think that that's really going to come through when they pick up this book. You know, if someone's listening right now and maybe they've been curious, oh, well, you know, let me check out some some tarot cards. But, may, you know, growing up, maybe they were told, well, you know, that's against our religion or demonic or whatever messages that they might have gotten. It's okay to explore these these different avenues. Absolutely. And, and accessible is definitely a word that I'm going for, because I think that one of the things that in my career in spirituality and metaphysics has been about has been trying to take these really complicated 
and or frightening concepts of ways of talking to the divine and instead making them, as you say, accessible, making them easy to understand. And, you know, you're not going to learn every last thing there is to know about astrology by reading compendium. Astrology is way too big. It's like 26 books of an encyclopedia just to learn astrology. But what you might do is you will at least understand, oh, this is how astrology works. You might then say, I understand enough about this to talk to an, a professional astrologer and really get something out of it. You might decide, oh, wow, this is super cool. I'm going to buy those 26 books <laughs> of encyclopedias and and learn it. You might, my, my hope is that anybody who reads Compendium will walk away with a love affair from one of the ways that are listed to talk to the divine. Right. And ways to connect with source. And and I just think it's so important. I think that's kind of in our DNA that if we ignore that spiritual part of ourselves, that we're really doing ourselves a disservice. You know, I think that it's something that uh, upholds us in difficult times. It can give us guidance. It's kind of an important important piece, you know, as well as your, your health and, and all these other things that, that make up, you know, these human beings that we are. And I think that spiritual piece is really important. And this is just another way to open the door a little bit to, to kind of get that conversation going. And I agree. I mean, in the South, we might say that's a doorbell that's just not going to stop ringing. I mean, right. <laughs> if you ignore spirituality and that part of yourself, it's that there, that part of you is just not going to go away. It's going to eventually come back and find a way to break through because the universe wants you to be enjoyed. It's absolutely one of its main things. It wants you to be enjoyed. And, and to be enjoyed, I think we have to be full people. We have to be full emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all of these things have to come together for us to have a complete experience on planet Earth this time around. Right. And it's so helpful to build up that spiritual peace. And I think we need it now more than ever. So it's great that your book is coming out now, (laughs) you know, to give people just some of these tools to check out and just try to, you know, exercise that spiritual muscle a little bit. And get it working. So let's kind of dive into some sure. of the pieces of the Compendium of Magical Things. I love that title too. Did you come? Did you come up with that um, Compendium it, of, <laughs> of Magical Things? Amazingly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love. I love that. It's very fun. So you're known by um, a lot of people for angels, but also for working with tarot cards. And I wanted to start talking about that because I personally have a a real love of tarot cards. I always have. I was like that, the weird girl in middle school that played with the tarot cards, you know, (laughs) and uh, I've got several different decks and I I just always love them. And I, I just wanted to make that a couple of distinctions with tarot. Like for me, how I use it is I don't really expect it to tell me a prophecy, right? Like not in a prophetic way, but more as just kind of a guidance or to give me clarity on an issue or a question or something that that I need help on. But I don't use it as, okay, well, this is telling me that so-and-so is going to die or, you know, <laughs> some horrible, some horrible thing. I mean, what drew you to tarot first? Uh, well, I mean, again, my first student, my first teacher in angels was really into tarot. And so she, you know, she basically was like, well, look at this. And Radley was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> right? 
<laughs> this is for me. <laughs> I'll take that. And, uh, you know, and so I just really fell head over heels in love with it. And, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of known for having, you know, given Tarot a, a, a let's call it a breath of fresh air uh, because I don't, I didn't like, I wanted to remove some of the things that were scary. I didn't think that it was really necessary for us to have some guy lying face down in a pool of blood with tin swords in his back just to say, <laughs> Oh, this situation is over. I, I just didn't see that as necessary. I didn't think it was necessary to have a card called the devil because, you know, that's part of what scares people and makes it not accessible because, you know, it's like, oh, my God, some guy in a red suit and a pitchfork's coming after me. No, as a matter of fact, that's not what that card even means. So let's not call it that. I didn't want to take any of the depth or breadth of tarot out of it. I mean, all of those cards still have their meanings. It's just, it's the 21st century. You know, we were pretty sensitive souls at this point. We don't really need all the gruesome imagery just to explain something that needed that imagery perhaps 600 years ago. Um, and you're right, there, as... I also do draw a distinction between tarot and oracle cards. Tarot is 78 cards, five suits, major arcana, minor arcana. You, you know, it has court cards in it. If you start ripping any of that out, what you wind up with is an oracle card deck. And that's not a bad thing. Oracle card decks are fantastic and amazing. The oracle card decks themselves have, in essence, helped to bring tarot back into the light in the 21st century. It's just one is one thing and the other is another thing. Right. Well, I'm glad you made that distinction because there is a difference. A tarot is a, the tarot is a very specific system and the yes. cards are laid out in, in the deck in a certain way where yes. Oracle cards are a little bit different, but it is interesting when you look back on the history, you know, tarot is what you said, 600 years old, may, maybe even older. Um, it's been around forever, but I've noticed just over the past decade or so, you know, Oracle cards have really exploded. And so there's decks for everything, you know, everything. angels or animals or everything, you know, yeah, gnomes, elves. I don't know. There's probably a million, you know, different kinds of of oracle decks that you can work with. So the the choices are out there for whatever it would would resonate with you. Um, but working with the decks. So talking about the tarot, you know, you said there's major arcana, minor arcana. So working with the tarot. Um, you'd have to kind of read through the book. I mean, it's not hard to get started, I guess, is what I'm asking to work with it. I don't think so. I mean, and, and I like to think that my decks have made it easier. Um, when I was learning tarot, you know, tarot was so much memorization, so much of a study and learning, which is great. But what I actually did was I, when I finally found a deck that didn't scare the bejesus out of me, what I did <laughs> was I bought two of them and I set one aside. And with the other one, I took a black Sharpie and I wrote the meanings uh, that that card could have on every single card. And that's how I learned. And so when it came time to make my own tarot decks, uh, I took a cue from what was happening with Oracle card decks at the time and put the meanings at the bottom of every card deck. And what that basically did was it was able, you know, like, for example, angel tarot cards, we could literally hand that to somebody and go, look, you read the guidebook. Sure. If you want to do further study, knock yourself out. But you can use these today. You can find, you will know what the magician means 
the minute you pull the card out. You will know what 10 of water means the minute you pull the card out. This is not some sort of thing where you're going to take this deck home. I've got it in my hands. I'm using it as a prop and you can't even see it. But <laughs> I can hear the cards though. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you can take this deck home and use it same as you can any Oracle card deck without a bunch of study. And I think that that's really helped a lot of people not feel intimidated by the word Tarot. Right. It's definitely made it a lot more accessible. I'm talking with Radley Valentine, if you're just tuning in, about his new book, Compendium of Magical Things, that you can get right now. It's really a fun read. And also make sure you check out Radley online, radleyvalentine.com. So Radley, just to get kind of a, a basic uh, overview with Tarot. So the major and minor arcana cards are uh, referencing like uh, events or emotions that you might experience. And then the other suits, like there's swords, pentacles, um, cups, and what else? Wands. <laughs> and, and so uh, <laughs> I was trying to remember. So those would be kind of similar to, you know, spades, clubs, hearts uh, of a regular deck of cards. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the way tarot sort of came about to the best of our knowledge was about 600 years ago, uh, a company in Italy started creating uh, these trump cards. And uh, there were various numbers of trump cards, depending on who the manufacturer was. Uh, each deck was each one was hand painted, uh, which made them very expensive. So generally only the wealthy people had them. And it was a game that was called Taroki. And um, it was meant to, it, over time, those trump cards got blended in with ordinary playing cards. And that's how we sort of wound up with the structure of Tarot as it is today. The major arcana, uh, by the way, the word arcana means secrets or mysteries. And so the major arcana is 22 cards at the beginning of the deck that as, as a suit of its whole, on of its of its own that's generally looked at to be the major events of life from birth to death from a metaphorical standpoint. And so major arcana cards tend to be really big events, getting married, um, you know, uh, going off to school, all of these different things from a metaphorical sense. And the minor arcana tends to be more of the day-to-day. -day. Um, that's not to say that either that major arcana cards can't show up in day-to-day -day or minor arcana cards can't be really big things that happen. They can be. But the one suit tends to be passion and creativity and action. Uh, the water suit is emotion and intuition. Uh, the uh, sword suit is intellect. And since intellect is what gets us into trouble and where fear comes from, swords tends to be the suit that people most seem concerned about. And then there's coins or pentacles. Different people call them different things. And while all of those other three suits were about sort of like internal things, the, the coin suit is more about external. It's the material. It's how we make money. It's our jobs. It's our, uh, our need for financial abundance or a lack thereof. Um, and, and that's kind of the structure of tarot. That's interesting. That's a great overview, too of uh, the cards and the different suits. And one thing you brought up in the book that I thought was so interesting that I never really made that connection before, and I don't know why, is that working with tarot cards 
you're really kind of working with the energy that's been put into this divination system by people using them over hundreds of years. And I thought that was, that was so cool that you mentioned that because I thought, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, Tarot, even though it's 600 years old, in a way, it's the baby of almost everything that I mentioned in here. <laughs> Because, you know, the I Ching's like 2,000 years old or something. And astrology is like 4,000 years old. But I do look at these things as the way that sort of that they kind of make. It's like a well-worn path through a forest that leads us to the divine. And, and millions and millions and millions of people have walked through that forest and found the easiest path through that forest to the clearing that leads to source. And that's how, that's what makes divination tools work. And I always, it, it's so interesting to me too, that where some uh, traditions may look down on a divination system, there are many, uh, instances and, and evidence of of use in the Bible, right? I mean, people look to interpret dreams in the Bible. So we, we've been trying to find answers to connect to the divine in this way for a long time. Absolutely. Oh, we're going we're gonna to take a break real quick for about three minutes. We'll come back and we're going to dive into some other methods to connect to the, to the divine with Radley Valentine, the divine Radley. So uh, join me after the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation. Or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Katherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. I heard from a young lady who was just starting out as a unity minister. And she said, I am not teaching prosperity yet in my ministry because I have not yet demonstrated it in my own life. And I don't think I should teach what I have not demonstrated. And I wrote her back and said, Honey, (laughs) you've got it all backwards. You need to teach what you want to learn. You teach what you want to demonstrate because you cannot demonstrate what you do not know. There must be an inworking before there can be an outworking. To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. 
Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. If you have struggled with low self-esteem and body acceptance, it's time to experience radical self-love with Dr. Ramdesh and the Body Temple. Every Thursday at 4 p.m. Central, Ramdesh guides you to live a more empowered life. Gain a deeper love and acceptance of yourself through yoga and meditation techniques. Listen in as fascinating guests join the show to share their wisdom and help you on your spiritual journey. Join the show with your question or comment here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Thanks for joining me after the break. I'm Diane Ray, and we're having a fun conversation today with Radley Valentine. He's the author of Compendium of Magical Things, Communicating with the Divine to Create the Life of Your Dreams. And if you're like me and you love angels and tarot cards and pendulums and your favorite character on Puff and Stuff was Witchy Poo, well, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to love today's show because <laughs> we're talking about all of that stuff. So I'm, I'm in my element here today because I just love this. I love this topic and kind of sharing ideas about it. So we were talking a little bit before the break, uh, we were getting into the tarot cards, which I'm a big fan of tarot cards and talking about how, you know, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions. Some people are afraid of it. You've done a great job of taking a lot of that scary imagery out of the tarot deck. Although I, I kind of like that scary imagery, but you know, there's the dark side we won't go into on the air. Right. Um, <laughs> So I have, I have both, but I think what's great about using the cards is it, it kind of gives you a minute to get quiet and ask yourself some questions and then get those answers. And so let's talk about like a a basic spread. You know, we, we said a little bit about how to, um, you know, start working with the cards. So really like for me, the easiest thing to do is like past, present, future, and just kind of lay out a three card spread. And I think that's a good way to kind of get into working with them before you get into like the Celtic cross. And, you know, there's a lot of other spreads that you can use. Yeah. I mean, um, the three card spread is definitely one of the most known spreads and is quite sufficient for a lot of different aspects of people's lives. Um, uh, Celtic cross is a beautiful thing. And, but it's, it's, I, I reserve a Celtic cross for existential crises. <laughs> right, the big things, right? Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's the big stuff. It's the, you know, it's the client that calls and says, "I hate my life," <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I don't know what to do next, and nothing I try works, and I'm, you know, or any of those kinds of things that people might say. That then it's like we're going we're going for the Celtic cross because we need the subconscious, the conscious, the history, the what's coming up, the the effect of other people. Uh, the Celtic cross gives you all of that and more. Um, but for most people, they don't need that. Most people, it's just like you know, it's like a question along the lines of, 
Um, you know, am I going to get that promotion? We don't need all of that for that. And so uh, a three-card spread, which is, as you said, generally, it's the, the past of the situation, the present of the situation, and the future of the situation. Right. And that's usually the easiest, I think, for people to you know, start working with and get started, you know, and then you move on to the big guns and, and start working with the Celtic cross spreads. And I, there's, there's probably many other spreads too. Those well, are the only two that I've worked countless, with first, personally. Countless spreads. And in fact, when I teach my certified angel tarot reader course, I teach people to create their own spreads. That's one of the things that we learn how to do. Um, and, and, and those spreads can be a lot of fun and very insightful um, because they're, they're usually, if someone creates a spread, it's because, okay, this is a spread for romance. And this is a spread for health issues. And this is a spread for, I have a spread I created called the Plan B spread. Because it's like, what I was trying to do is not working. So what do I do instead? And, and but those uh, three card spread can be very informative for most questions. When I'm when I teach people how to get familiar with the cards, one of the things I tell them to do is to pull a card a day. You know, pull a card in the morning, go to work, pay attention, stay awake. Okay, metaphorically, stay awake. Come home, pick up the card, and go. How did this card relate to my day? Right. Just being more aware. And yeah. that's a great point you bring up, too, in the book, recognizing synchronicities. Now, this is a, a conversation I have sometimes with, with my husband who has no, uh, like you said, your your partner has no inner child. Uh, he, does, <laughs> he doesn't either. You know, so any of this stuff, he's always has a reason for, well, it's just a coincidence. And I'm like, no, there's a difference, right? Wouldn't you say there's a difference between synchronicity and coincidence? I don't even know if I believe in coincidences. Right. I, I'm with I, you. I, I honestly don't even know if I believe in them. Um, but I, I've been doing this for so long. And as a quintuple Sagittarius, trust and faith are literally the the cornerstone of everything I do. And so, and my students tease me about this and I tease them back, uh, you know, that, you know, that we're the type that, you know, uh, someone posted a meme in my private group the other day that said, I'm the type that opens the silverware drawer and sees a fork turned on its side and wonder, okay, what is the symbolic meaning of that? <laughs> and that's me. That's me. You know, that's so great. If I see something that is a quote unquote coincidence, I don't look at it that way. I go, okay, that's the third time today that I have, you know, seen the numbers 273. That is not a coincidence anymore. That is a message. Or it's the third time today someone has brought up Joan Jett. <laughs> right, or whatever it may be. What does and, that mean? <laughs> Right. Pay and to pay attention to those things. I mean, I've I've had messages, you know, come from like bumper stickers on cars and, and things like that. And it'll it'll be like a little cosmic tap on the shoulder, you know, OK, wake up a little bit. And I think it's just a benefit to all of us to be a little more awake in our lives in that way every day. Like, I think we're missing we're missing so much. We're missing so many of those cosmic taps on the shoulder because we just get so busy and self-absorbed in our own, 
day-to-day existence, which is easy to do. We're all busy and overscheduled and, you know, anxiety ridden. I mean, you know, that's why the pharmaceutical industry is doing so well, you know? I mean, it's like, I tell people who work, who want to work with angels, it's like, look, don't get up in the morning and say, dear angels, please just send me a sign that you're working with me and then get in your car and drive to work and work all day long and, and pick up the kids and feed them dinner and come home and say, the angels didn't talk to me. Well, guess what? When you got into the car, you stepped over a white feather to get into the car. The radio was quietly playing, calling all angels. You get to, you, you, your coffee was $4.44, which is the 444 is a number of angels. It's like if you stay awake, the messages are going to overwhelm you. You're going to be flooded with evidence that the universe loves you and the universe is talking to you, but not if you go to sleep. Right, right. And wake up a little bit. And I'm glad you brought up angels because I was wanting to shift gears into that because you are really connected with angels and you say that angels have been your first love. Yes. And you have that connection. Now, I am very jealous of this because I want the angel connection and I haven't seen one. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I will. But maybe I'm not, maybe I'm looking too hard or I'm not being aware. But there is an angelic presence for everyone, right? Even if I'm skeptical, there's an angel still there for me. Yeah, yeah, you can be skeptical all day long all you want. I mean, <laughs> you're screwed. You have angels. That's it. So you can deny, you can deny it if you want. I actually have such a, a this kind of conversation saddens me terribly. But I was just in Maui at a big event with Colette Baron Reed and Kyle Gray and Denise Lynn and, and Alan Cohen. And it was a hoot and a half. But I went into the uh, local Swarovski, which is a shock to no one who knows me. And, <laughs> it's a crystal shop, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I went into Swarovski and uh, the woman was, there was a woman working there and she said, oh, you're the angel guy. And I said, yeah. And she goes, I don't have any angels. Uh, I told them to go away a long time ago. They asked me if it was all right to go away. And I said, yes. And I'm like, "Um, no. (laughs) Why would you do that? I don't know. I mean, it was a really depressing conversation and, you know, but it's like, Everybody has a guardian angel. In my experience, everybody has at least two. Uh, Those guardian angels, they come with us. They weave in and out of lifetime with us, which is what makes them so amazing because they know us better than we know ourselves. They know that, hey, you're reenacting that lifetime from 1884, and that didn't go so well. Let's not do that. You know, and... And so uh, a connection with the angels is like anything. It's about faith. It's about trust. It's about trying. Um, And one of the biggest important aspects of working with angels is you have to ask for their assistance. In certain life-threatening situations, they'll swoop in. But for the most part, they kind of have a – and I'm a a, a sci-fi nerd, Diane. I don't know if you know that about me. I don't. This is great. (laughs) So you've heard of the Prime Directive from Star Trek? Yes. It's a a law where you cannot interfere with another society. Well, angels are the same way. They have a Prime Directive clause where it's like we really can't pop in and mess around with help, even helping Radley, unless Radley says, 
please help me. And so every morning I start my day with my, my normal prayers. And part of those prayers and meditations are, dear guardian angels, I give you free reign to help me with anything and everything you possibly can throughout my day today. And, you know, and, and I, I talk about my guardian angels freely. It's my primary guardian angel's name is Joshua. I'm trying to make him a celebrity. You know, and, <laughs> well, and, we'll try. We'll promote him here on the show. Hey, give him a commercial break. I mean, you know, <laughs> this guy works really hard. <laughs> now, you've got uh, such a great connection that you know the name. Now, did that name just come to you? The name yeah. of the angel? It actually did. Um, I, um, my ex and I had uh, moved into this house. It was really old uh, in Knoxville before I left. And it, and so I just, I was really working a lot with spirituality and angels and all kinds of things. And I kept feeling like I was bumping into this energy. And, and I'd like walk down the hallway with a, a bunch of folded laundry and feel like I'd bumped into something and throw it to the sky. And so this really wise teacher of mine said, well, Mr. Angel, dude, you, what makes you think it's something bad? Because I was starting to become convinced, oh, we've bought a haunted house. How lovely. And, <laughs> and so I literally went into a room where I had a picture of a guardian angel. In fact, I'm looking at that very same painting right now. It has followed me everywhere I've gone. And I sat down at the edge of the bed and I said, well, you know what? I, you seem to know, know me, but I don't know you. And so I would really like to know you. So why don't we start with what's your name? And I heard as clear as if someone had spoken in the room, Joshua. And I was like, okay, that'll do for today. And I left the house. <laughs> wow. So you got that clear of, of a message and connection. That's great. Yeah. But I also, I wanted it. I was faithful yes. in it. I was trusting in it. And I've been working towards that moment for a long time. So, um, but anyone can do that. Anyone, there's this, there's a book that I highly, highly recommend that really started me out on my path, and it's called Angel Speak, and it's by Barbara Mark and Trudy Griswold. And I've kind of been like really pushing that book these days and trying to give it a rebirth. And I actually got an email from Trudy saying, "I don't know who you are, but my book sales have gone through the roof." <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. So you're yeah you're help you're helping her. Yeah, she's well. She helps me, and she's going to be on Ask Grad in the coming in in the, a couple of weeks. And I'm so excited! I don't know what to do with myself. But you know, that is a very simple book. It's how I got started. It works with automatic writing as a way to get messages from your angels, and it works. Angels speak. And this is available to everybody too. And that's another point that I'd like to make because there's so many great teachers out there, but basically what everybody's saying, and like you are too, is that this, this energy, this source, this connection is available to all of us. So if we have that intention and desire to connect with angels, we can make that happen. You can make that happen. Can now, fair, now fairies are another thing. I want to touch on that a little bit because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, you know, fairy card decks out there. Now yes. these are, are, these are two very different things. Now I've, yes. I've always loved the mythology of 
they were called the old people, right? The Fae, yes. you know, like if you read any Arthurian legends and things like that. I love Tinkerbell. That was my favorite Disney character. Even well, going as far I... back to the Blue Fairy <laughs> and Pinocchio, I love that too. Um, but you're saying that that's another energy that people can connect with for for support. Absolutely. And we are a good combo because Peter Pan was my favorite character. <laughs> um, but absolutely, the fairies are at a, at a different... Think of it as a radio broadcast, okay? And so humans are at, let's say humans are at uh, 89.5. Well, fairies, you ramp up the dial a bit, and they're at 94.7. And so it's a different wavelength. They're ever so slightly out of phase with us. Um, and, and, and they are sort of like nature's angels. But unlike guardian angels, unlike archangels who have no ego there's no ego there that's unconditional love fairies have egos and and so what that basically means is that fairies are very much interested in helping you if they decide you deserve it well that's a twist <laughs> that's an interesting twist yeah if they think you deserve it and and so and so what do we do to deserve that well fairies are really about the environment they're really pissed off about what humans have done to planet earth and so they tend to like uh vegans vegetarians environmentalists people who go for walks on the beach and pick up the trash and throw it away people who plant trees they like those kinds of people and those kinds of people they're very likely to to be of assistance to and fairies are really great for helping to manifest material things because they're of the material world they're just slightly on a different broadcast system than or broadcast frequency i should say than us and so um if you want to work with fairies, I lay that out for you in the Compendium of Magical Things. These are things you might want to do, and these are things you might not want to do <laughs> if you want to try to establish a relationship with the fae, the fairy kingdom. And fairy mythology is so interesting. If you do any any research, it really goes back to uh, the Middle Ages in Europe yeah. and the British Isles. You know, I'm yeah. sure that the the fairy culture is really popular in that part of the world, but they also show yeah. up in other cultures as well. Oh yeah, totally. No, I've been to Ireland, and all it takes is you expressing to a cabbie that you are actually a believer, and you're going to be taken on a tour of oh, so over there is a fairy mound, and over there. <laughs> But until you express that you are a believer, they're not gonna they're not gonna give you that. Um, but no, they are very big believers uh, in that part of the of the world. So really, people that are into earth and nature based um, traditions, uh, you know, like pagans, uh, Wiccans, then they would maybe people like that might be more drawn to work with that realm. Yeah. They might, but you know, it's it's the thing about angels is that it's pretty angels pretty much show up in every single major spiritual thought, um, religion, whatever on planet Earth. They are they're all over the place. I I have friends who are are actually very well known Wiccans who totally believe in angels, but they also yes they work very much with fairies as well. 
More, okay. Yeah. So you can you can do that. There's no rules. There are no rules that you cannot work. That you can move the you can change channels on your radio as much as you want. Right. I like that. <laughs> That's a great analogy too. You know, the radio or the TV station, uh, they're just on a different uh, frequency, right. and yeah, you, you have to kind of kind of tune into that. Um, maybe, maybe a little, uh, similar to, you know, mediums when they do their work, they're tuning into a different frequency. It's absolutely exactly the same. Right. To try to reach those people. Yes. So, um, we've got a few minutes. There's a couple of other, uh, things that I wanted to touch on in the book that people might want to try. Now I've never tried a pendulum for divination, but no. I just think, I know, I think they're really cool and beautiful. Like yeah. I love them as objects, but I'd like to start working with one and your book kind of inspired me. So how, how would I do that? Just kind of go to maybe a new age store and pick one that I'm drawn to. I mean, I know you said in the book that you could even use like a string and, you know, a paperclip if I wanted to. Yeah, you can. Um, but why do that when there's so many gorgeous ones at the, at your local brick and mortar, uh, metaphysical store. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, you, you know, and, and some people have different pendulums for different things. Some people have, this is my pendulum for finding lost items. This is my pendulum for yes, no answers. Uh, you can have, or some people just have one. I just have one and that works just great for me. But pendulums are really easy. And one of the things that's super cool about them is that they're super, um, um, uh, transportable. I mean, you throw it in your pocket, you throw it in your purse, you just find a corner somewhere and go, do I buy the red car or do I buy the blue car? You know, and you can use it at any place. But um, pendulums tend to be best for yes or no questions. They're not good for and or or questions unless you break it into pieces. Um, uh, when you buy a pendulum, you need to figure out in what way does a pendulum move that means yes for you, and what way does a pendulum mean no for you. Uh, there's two ways to do that. You can program it. You can tell the pendulum, look, I'm going to move you left and right for yes and away from me and back to me for no. But I really kind of think that the best way to do it is to just let the pendulum tell you. So you put your elbow on a hard surface, hold the pendulum, because a pendulum for people who don't know very often is a crystal or anything that's dangling from a chain or a string. And you just get really, really still and then you ask the pendulum, okay, what is yes for me? And watch the pendulum start to move. Well, what I like about that whole process is that it seems that you're really through the pendulum is you're asking yourself, you're digging into your own intuition. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's your own energy that's giving you that answer. Yes, it is. And the pendulum is just kind of a way to physically, you know, manifest that. Virtually every dowser or pendulumist that you will walk into will, if you ask them, well, isn't it just my hand ever so slightly moving the pendulum? They'll say yes, but that is coming through your subconscious and your divine intuition. Right. And it's just a way for you, a really good way for you to get quiet and have a tool that you can put that energy into to use to give yourself some clarity on, on certain subjects. But like you said, you wouldn't want to go into a real complicated situation and, and try to get an answer. It wouldn't really work well. A pendulum it? is not a good 
remember the Celtic cross thing? A pendulum is not, I don't think a pendulum is the right way to get the answers to my life is really screwed up and everything I try doesn't work. Fix it for me. A a pendulum is just going to go, huh? I just don't think that's what it's for, but it's great for being at the grocery store or being at Target and going, okay, is this a good Christmas gift for my husband or not? Right. Something like that. That would be perfect. Yes. And there's so many other uh, methods that we wouldn't have time to really get into. Like you said, there's astrology. You go into that in the book, uh, I Ching, which is uh, like super complicated a method, but, but also can be very accurate. So there's a lot of other methods in the, you know, in the book that you mentioned that we just don't have time <laughs> to go yeah. over all of them. But I wanted to spend the last couple of minutes that we had of the show, uh, talking about meditation and mantra as ways to connect with source and also affirmations, you know, since you're, uh, over there at the, the house of hay, the house <laughs> of, Afri- the house of affirmations, um, that, I use affirmations all the time. I mean, that's a a habit that I picked up over the years that, that I still use. I have my affirmation, you know, all is well, everything is working out for the greater good. You know, that that's my mantra, you know, and I say that all the time and it's usually right. Things are working out for the greater good, you know? So I think using things like that affirmations are, are really powerful and also trying to develop some kind of a meditation practice. I mean, I'm probably, the worst on and off meditator, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and still wish that I could have like the daily twice a day practice. But I think even just striving for that is, is at least going in the right direction. (laughs) And I love how you describe how you tried to kind of get your meditation practice going where you think you're doing it wrong and you're like, Oh, what did I have for lunch? Oh, tuna fish. Oh, Britney Spears, (laughs) like these different thoughts (laughs) running through your head, you know, but I love that you included meditation and affirmations as a source of divination, because really when it comes down to it, that's you're, you're digging into yourself for the answers and meditation is really a great tool to get there. It absolutely is. And, you know, there, just so people know, there is a vast difference between meditation and mantras and a vast difference between mantras and affirmations. And so many people uh, think that affirmation and mantras are the same thing. And, and I probably thought that before I started researching this book and it was in the researching of this book that I realized, oh no, these are way different. And, you know, mantra is this whole thing of saying the same thing over and over and over and over for thousands of times, and usually in a foreign language uh, that's been given to you for hours and hours upon end a day, whereas affirmations are that just this thing that we're just in the middle of the day going, okay, everything is all right, everything is all right, everything is all right, and then we go on about our business. Um, but they are quite different. No, that's true. And there's mantras that are very specific that have been around for thousands of years from, you know, different spiritual traditions like Kundalini yoga, you know, there's certain mantras that you would chant for certain things. And I've, um, tried, you know, I work with a mantra and things like that, and it can be really, really powerful. And you know what? We're out of time. Ah, I wish we had more time to chat. I could talk about this stuff all day. I just love it. But Radley, I'm so happy that you could join me for the show. Everybody check out the book, Compendium of Magical Things. Check out Radley's radio show and also join him online, RadleyValentine.com. And thank you so much, Rad. You're the best. Sure. 
Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.